Hi, this is Mark, and welcome to episode 24 of Nerdology, sponsored by CSL, the cult fanzine. And with me today are my very special guests, Mr. Sucky Kark and Lena Burgard. Hey guys, how's it going? All right, all right. And you, Lena? It's going good, so far. Cool. Okay, we decided to get together to have a little talk about a TV show from HBO called Band of Brothers. This is a huge, huge TV show for me. Uh, how about you guys? How how's the show been for you? Is it something you've come to recently, or is it something you've been watching for a while? Sucky, how about you? Right, uh, Band of Brothers. I watched the last six episodes when it was first shown BBC Two. Okay. Uh, Ten, twelve years ago. Mm-hmm. Right, and then when you asked me to uh, have a look into it again, yeah. Right, I thought, because my memory was I'd seen the whole show, mm-hmm. but it turns out I hadn't seen the first four episodes. Ah. Right, so I've, the first four episodes of this show I've seen once, and I've seen the last six mm-hmm. twice. And it's, and I'm just when I watched it again, I just remembered so many things from when I first watched it. Mm-hmm. It was a really good show, right? And I enjoyed it, mm-hmm. right? So I'm, I'm quite happy to be doing this podcast. <laughs> yeah. And what about you, Lena? Um, I came into it when it first aired in 2001 on HBO, and uh, ever since then I've gotten the DVDs and the Blu-rays and watch it yearly mm. in June. That's pretty hardcore. Yeah, she's more than hardcore. You've attained the status of expert. So yes. No pressure, Lena, but you know, anytime we get stuck, we're going to be coming back to you. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> so, I mean, one of the things that struck me watching this, because I came to this relatively late in the day. I missed it when it was shown on BBC Two. I don't know why that should be, because it's quite a fascinating period of, of history for me. Um, I picked it up on DVD when it came out on DVD. And uh, the the cast is pretty stunning. Even the smaller uh, roles are filled by people who are now really big actors. Um, Very much so. Yeah. I mean, who stood out for you? Lena, we'll, we'll pass oh, this to you no, first. Uh, who who are your favourite characters? Who are the people that made it a really uh, a show that you couldn't put down? Definitely um, Damien Lewis really mm-hmm. stood out, and that was before Homeland, so yeah. he was just fantastic in it. Mm-hmm. Um, he's really my favourite. I mean, Lewis Nixon was a favourite of mine as well because mm-hmm. they just kind of went so well together. Yeah. Um... um I think uh, there's an episode way later on. Uh, I can't remember. I think it's the Battle of the Bulge episodes, and the uh, they focus mainly around uh, Eugene Rowe yeah, going in and out. That characters. is that was pro- that's probably one of my favorites mm-hmm. out of the whole set of them. So, but yeah, like you were saying, it's just it's just really interesting to see um, all the people who ended up coming out of that show. So yeah. every year when I rewatch it, I'm like, oh, that's Andrew Scott, who's now mm-hmm. Moriarty on Sherlock, or mm-hmm. you know, uh, Simon Pegg's in it, uh, Jamie Bamber. Um, James McAvoy's in it, so it's mm. really interesting to see those guys now, and you're like, whoa, look at look at them there. Yeah, Michael Fassbender's in it as well. Yes, Tom Hardy. Tom Hardy, yeah. yeah. Bane. Uh, uh, yes. What about you, Sucky? Were there any well, people that really stood out? You thought, oh, yeah, I, I really enjoyed that performance or that the, character. The, as uh, Lena says, uh, Damien Lewis, brilliant all the way through. Mm. Donnie Wahlberg. Yeah. Right? Ah, Donnie Wahlberg, I'd only know him from you know, uh, new kids on the block. Yeah. Right. And they're That's also, unfortunate. <laughs> no, <laughs> but you see him in this show and he was, you know, well, he's really what, good. 
Yeah, he was really good. I mean, when I, uh, even 10 years ago, he stood out because, as I says, I'd only known him in the boy band. Then mm. all of a sudden I seen him acting like this, and I was thinking, brilliant actor. Right, and now I see him in Blue Bloods, mm. right, and he's still been a great actor. All right, so there's uh, Dexter Fletcher, I saw it uh, from Press Gang. Yeah, right? there's a lot of Brits playing American guys of, in this. A lot of Brits. Mm. I mean, there was, um, watch the Primeval guy. He's in it for one episode. Uh, Connor, what's his name? Andrew, Andrew Lee Scott. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's in it for one episode. Mm. And it, that's a bit of a seeing him in this small little part yeah. as a young actor. Right? And Mark Warren as well. Yes. Mark Warren, he was brilliant. That was the... quite a standout episode as well. I mean, we should probably do this chronologically, but you know, <laughs> this is kind of how we go. We kind of go off at wild tangents. Um, no problem. The, the episode that Mark Warren uh, is, because if you're uninitiated with the program, it generally goes that they tend to focus on a particular character. Um, they get brought to the, the foreground a bit more in each episode. And the one that Mark Warren is involved in is, is really good my better half um when i started watching the program she's not really into war films at all or any of that kind of stuff and i tried to convince her to watch it and um the other part of it which perhaps didn't bode well was the fact that she's not a huge fan of mark warren at all she's seen mm. him in other stuff and wasn't overly impressed <laughs> but she really really thought he was superb in in the episode and he's kind of he plays this really kind of broken character who's been through the mill you know these guys are you know fresh out of um their training schools and they come straight in on d-day and it's a, a kind of baptism of fire they walk into and he just doesn't take it well and he's got what we'd now call ptsd and mm-hmm. um it kind of shows how he's struggling to keep a grip on things and it's a brilliantly played role uh he really pulls it off very well so and she was absolutely won over um and she will actually sit and watch the series um and really enjoys it so i think that's a a testament to how good the program can be yes well that episode of mark warren Mm. i think he was brilliant in that show yeah absolutely brilliant right and then um it sort of spoilt it because afterwards, mm-hmm. I don't know if anybody knows this, but like afterwards, because uh, after I started doing a bit of research on it, mm-hmm. right, to make sure I can keep up to date, up to, up to with uh, Lena on this. Uh, <laughs> right. Good luck. <laughs> uh, I, I looked up uh, Private Albert Blythe, mm-hmm. and because it says mm-hmm. right at the end, right, uh, spoiler alert, mm-hmm. right, that he, he died two years later, mm. right, but it turns out he didn't die. He actually, yeah, went, yeah. he re-enlisted. Right, and he was in. He fought in the Korean War. Mm-hmm. Right, and he was in the army for another nearly twenty years. I've heard that Stephen Ambrose gets a little bit of criticism from certain quarters for not being thorough on his research and um, having inaccuracies and things like that. I mean, I don't know quite how true to form that is. Um, Lena, do you have you sort of experienced that through? kind of having an interest in the characters and investigating to see how realistic it is or uh yes i've seen a, a few articles and hearsay about uh stephen ambrose kind of taking liberties with the stories that mm. he was actually told and um he fictionalizes a little bit of it so i mean it's not unusual for particularly right. hollywood to to change mm-hmm. things to, to suit the you know the drama of a program 
And I suppose right. we're suckers for that as well because we, you know, <laughs> we want an exciting show. You know, if it all played out exactly as it did in real life, it may not necessarily make such compelling TV. But, but yeah, I guess you will get a little bit of stick for that if you change things around. Um, well, I th- mm-hmm. the, the, the sh- you, as uh, some of the producers have said, mm-hmm. right, that a lot of the stuff did happen to other uh, people. Yeah. But because they've got to have a, a core cast, mm-hmm. right, yeah. they sort of changed the storylines and who said this and who did that, yeah. right, mm-hmm. and put it onto the, uh, the the main core cast that they had from mm-hmm. the shows, right? Otherwise, they'd have one character coming in and doing something, and then have no uh, the audience would have no way of identifying who that person was. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you follow somebody on and all the way through the series, yeah. you could see, you know, oh that character did this and this is what that did. Even though they might not have done it in real life, mm. right? It's just to make sure that it keeps the audience attention. Yeah. I can understand why they did it. Maybe they took uh, Stephen Ambrose might have taken liberties getting the story done, but Hollywood as you said, it's Hollywood, Steven Spielberg, Tom Hanks, right? Mm. They've taken liberties as well to make sure they can tell a good story for the television audience. Yeah. So I don't know if either of you guys have seen the the Pacific, which is the not exactly the a follow up, but it's by the same production team. Um, a sister series, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Have Have you guys seen that? No. Uh, yes, I did. Mm-hmm. And what did you think of that, Lena? Um, I wanted to like it just as much of, as I did Band of Brothers, but mm-hmm. it just wasn't exactly what I was looking for. I mean, we, yeah. we watched the whole thing through, but it just wasn't as mm. um, gripping or captivating as Band of Brothers for me. I think um, aesthetically it looked amazing. You know, the production mm-hmm. values are fantastic. The acting is good, but the, the problem I had with it and what made Band of Brothers such a great show was you really felt like, um you could you got that camaraderie between the characters mm-hmm. and you know the name band of brothers you know you kind of got that feeling that um you could identify with those characters and i don't think i felt the same about the the characters in the pacific i think they're like at a, a remove from the viewer i've just found it mm-hmm. i just found them a bit distant and cold and I couldn't relate to them in the same way. Um, I don't know. It just it didn't work for me. Um, yeah. Whereas I think with Band of Brothers, I think consistently right the way through, you're desperate to find out what's going to happen to these people. Mm-hmm. I mean, for those who are uninitiated, the, the very early days are when they're going through their, their training. It focuses on the... Uh, Lena's going to pick me up on this if I get it wrong. It's the 101st Airborne Division and it's Easy Company. And uh, they have to go through their training. And they have a really, really badass uh, guy who takes them through their training who kind of... I'm quite impressed with how he came across because he's he's not a character that you're really supposed to like, but he's one of those people that you kind of love to hate. Uh, he's played mm-hmm. by David Schwimmer. Yes. This uh, is it with David. You, you know David Schwimmer from Friends. Uh-huh. Friendly, outgoing, funny guy. Mm-hmm. Right. And then he's playing this really unsympathetic character. Yeah, Sobel. Uh, uh, Captain Herbert Sobel. Yeah, right? yeah. Correct. <clears throat> and he was just. You, you, the way way David Schwimmer was portrayed at the time, and they're mm-hmm. all doing like, you know, the, this character. 
how, why is he playing this un, unsympathetic character, this really unfriendly character, mm. this really nasty character in some places? Yeah. Right. And he played it really well. Yeah. And you can those first two episodes, first yeah, first two episodes were really uh, all about their training, getting them all ready, mm. and it was all down to how uh, Sobel, Captain Sobel, got them ready. Right, and if they if they hadn't if he hadn't trained them up, yeah, the way he had trained them up, yeah, right, they they probably wouldn't have survived as as long as they did. I think you right. see them in a slightly different light once you've seen what they've been through. Yeah, uh, out you know in a theatre of war, if they weren't so well prepared, like you say, I think they may have been a lot worse off. Um, yep. And there's another little cameo by uh, Simon Pegg yeah. <laughs> as his kind of. What would you describe him as? His aide or or whatever? Um, yeah, his aide, pretty much. Yeah, some nice little sort of comedy moments there. Uh, I yes. think that's a fairly early TV moment for him. I think it's just after Spaced. <laughs> so I guess the guys in the states may not have heard of him by that point. But um... I, I think this might have been his first stuff because because the, remember this has been filming for a uh, for a, a year, two years before mm-hmm. I think Space actually was shown. Yeah. Right. So he might have filmed this quite early on before. Spaced or uh, what's the uh, the sitcom? Not the sitcom, the sketch show that he did. Uh, oh, um, smack the donkey. No, <laughs> no that I think you. I think you're mixing up a couple of shows there. Yeah. The smack the pony, which is like smack an all girl pony. thing. Um, but he was in um, Big Train. Big Train. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. So this, I think, might have been just before that as well. Mm-hmm. So you see these guys. They have this real bond by the time they've finished their training, and then they hit uh normandy on d-day and uh it's pretty brutal you know you see people being ripped apart and obviously it's the same production team that made saving private ryan um and you can see that you know the way it's put together it's it's really realistic um it's got that kind of almost like a uh, how do i describe it when you see the see them coming out onto the beach, it's like watching a kind of a, a war report rather than, you know, someone mm-hmm. just filming what's going on. You you've got that real sort of authenticity to it. Did um, you? Did you? Uh, sorry, but mm, did you on. notice that when all the action pieces are actually playing, mm-hmm. right? There's actually there's no music over it, right? right. All you hear mm-hmm. is <clears throat> the bullets hitting or uh, the guns uh, shooting, uh, mm-hmm. the tramp of the boots. Uh, shouting and screaming, whatever, right? But you don't hear any music over the top of it. Did yeah. Anything, did the pair of you notice that? Leave yes, it. that's something. That's something they they do. Uh, just to, you're kind of seeing it from their POV very much. Mm. So when they show, I can't remember which character it is, but when they show him jumping out of the plane, and it's just you see his feet swinging, and mm. you see all the other paratroopers trying to land, and all the fire on the beach, and you can see it from their perspective and you can hear the bullets whizzing by you and there's very, very little music, yes. Mm-hmm. I think it's that sort of authenticity that's come along in the last kind of, I don't know, maybe 10, 15 years that I mean, when I grew up as a kid watching war movies on TV, you see people get shot and they kind of treat it as though it's just like like a, they'd nick their skin or something. Right. As you see people get shot in this and it's, there's an after effect to it, and the, you know people can get really badly injured and, and can die from these things. Yeah, there's, there's consequences to to people getting injured. The uh, amount of red blood uh, that must have gone through. Mm, you know. Yeah, 
Yeah, it was It must have been incredible. Because and then after you, on the screen. after they've been through all that, you've got um, the replacements coming in. Mm-hmm. So you've got this really tight unit who have formed this sort of bond of friendship, and they've lost friends along the way. So obviously they're going to be really bitter about that. And then you've got these guys who are like fresh out of college, who yeah. just get effectively dumped into the uh, their kind of um, division, and. I don't think they get particularly warmly received when they when they start out, do they? No, it's all, um, you know, why are you here? Why weren't you helping us earlier on? And it's, you can see how unfriendly they can be. But, mm. you know, it's it, towards the end, it's always going to resolve itself once they've been in conflict together, right? Yeah. And they, they become part of their band of brothers, right? You know, that all just carries on back at uh, what it was in the first episode, like, where they're all bonding together. I think they earn the respect of the other guys as they start to see see a bit of action. But I I can't remember the character's name now. There's one guy who's really giving the new guys a hard time because they've got, like, distinctions on their uniforms. You say, oh, you didn't earn that. You weren't uh, on the beach. And somebody pulls him up and says, well, actually, you weren't there either. You got injured before we even jumped Mm. out of the plane. Yeah. Um, so it makes them a slightly more interesting character dynamic. You've got all these various characters coming and going into the plot. Um, and I think one of the, the main storytellers, I think I've got this right, that uh, Stephen Ambrose based mm-hmm. the majority of the story on was kind of the retelling of the diaries of, and now I'm going to forget his name. Webster. It's Webster. David Webber. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. David Webster, that's it. Yeah. Webster, yes, that's it. Yeah, and he comes across as quite an interesting character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, he, 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 oh God, again, I, uh, I went and did a bit of research on him, mm. right? He never rose. He, he, he wanted to become uh, uh, part of the, uh, the company. Mm. He never, never accepted a promotion because even though he'd been there virtually from the beginning, yeah, right, he never accepted a promotion like, unlike some of the other... Uh, people that were in the uh, the company, mm-hmm. but they all got promoted up as as the war went on. Yeah, he never accepted. It. He just wanted to stay as a private, mm-hmm. find out how things were going, right? And as as he was going along, he was writing all these diaries, mm-hmm. these little bits and pieces. And uh, I think this is what um, a, a lot of the stories are now uh, for Band of Brothers is based on. Mm-hmm. It's through his eyes, not just even Ambrose's. Uh, version of the events is also through uh, Webster's eyes like mm-hmm. I think something else that sets it apart as well is before each episode you have these talking heads with guys who are obviously veterans from the war and yeah. it's quite interesting to see you know, first hand recounting of what happened and then you see the sort of dramatised version of the events and it's not until the very end that they actually identify who these people are yeah. So that, the first time I watched it, I thought, oh, God, these guys are, you know, incredible. And then it gives that extra kind of uh, impact when you actually realise who each person is. Yes, I, I watched that and I, I saw these people come up each each episode and I think, mm-hmm. who is he? Which character is he supposed to be playing? Mm-hmm. Right? And it says, right at the end, they shout to give the uh, credits as to who's who. Mm-hmm. Right? I'd have preferred on that final episode to actually have a picture of 
the person who's doing the narration, uh, that intro, mm-hmm. right? And then a picture of the act- actual person uh, mm. as him as a soldier in 1945, right? And then a picture of the actor playing. Yeah. Right? That way you know, uh, you properly identify who each person was, mm. right? But that there was just a little criticism at the end of the episode, so you can know which ca- which old face was mm. with which uh, character. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, but those stories, some of them, you brought tears to your eyes. Yeah. Right. Uh, especially at the end. Right. And I was sort of a. Uh, I had, I had dust in my eyes. I can tell you that. <laughs> I did a little bit of research. I was going back through some of the sort of the archives on the internet, just looking at reviews, and I'm sure probably 99% of them were positive. And I found one that was the only negative thing they could find to say was that they were worried about how viewers would be able to keep up with so many different characters and who was who. But I don't think you know, I really struggled with that. Did I mean, Lena? Did you have that problem when you first started watching, or not really? I really didn't. I think I struggle more with Game of Thrones than I do with this show. Oh, goodness, yeah. Now you're talking. Yeah, but I, re- I really didn't. I mean, um, v- from the very first episode, uh, Kurohi, you kind of see them all, and then you really just kind of travel that entire series with them. So mm-hmm. I had no problem understanding who was who and what their rank was and what their position was within the battalion. So not really for me. Mm-hmm. I, I did have a problem. Really? <laughs> Yes, I mean I, I I don't know the insignias on, and um, I don't catch the names sometimes. And you you follow it. You, you after after an episode or two episodes, you think what was his name? Now that character's name. <laughs> sometimes it, it got a bit difficult. Maybe if I watched it again, maybe a couple of months, I'll go straight away. I'll be able to go. Yes, yes, mm-hmm. I know who that person is. I know what happens there. I know what rank he is. But because of day. It probably doesn't help that they keep getting promoted as they're going along as well. So you, so <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you think yeah. you know the structure of it. Hang on a minute, no, it's changed again. Yes. I think one of the standout characters for me was Spear as well. I thought he was a, a really strong character. Captain Spear. Because you've got nope. the, um, oh, I forget the guy's name now, the, the one who's kind of come from a privileged background and they kind of, it's like he's brought his way into... Uh, his rank and then he just that's, doesn't um, seem to have a clue of what's going on and he that's just makes Lieutenant it, Dyke yeah that's it yeah and he makes such a hash of uh, pretty much everything he's involved in and it's just painful because mm-hmm. you've got the likes of Winters who's progressed all the way up through and he's you can tell he's feeling like really impotent because he's such a good leader and he's having to just step back and watch this guy make a complete mess of it mm-hmm. and it's not really until Spear comes in and grabs them by the scruff of the neck that they actually feel like they've got a leader back again which is it must be incredibly frustrating when you're in that position mm-hmm. now your life's on the line and you've got this guy who really doesn't have a clue what's going on that uh space character he mm. he's he slowly introduced in he because in the yeah. first couple, uh, i think in the first two or three episodes he's there in the background where mm-hmm. the all the, the other characters are talking about him yeah. because he's got this legendary um, yeah uh, where he's supposed to be a legendary story about him where he's supposed to be it goes up to each uh, german soldier that they've captured mm-hmm. right sort of group of german soldiers offers them a cigarette talks to them nicely and then he's supposed to kill kill each one yeah right so that all these stories are going around that he's this ruthless killer. He's yeah, got they set that up quite nicely and they keep that going yes. for quite a few episodes, don't they? 
And there's yeah. a nice payoff towards the end, which I don't know. Should be, I guess probably anyone who's going to listen to this is going to be pretty much spoiled right the way through, no matter what we say. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, yeah, I think it's quite cool. And he kind of gives that, I'm kind of paraphrasing now, but he kind of gives that speech about, you know, well, you know, if you want the guys to to be on their toes, you know, do you do you want them to think that, you know, I could potentially have done it? And it's it's quite a, a cool moment. And he's a really good actor. I think right across the board, I don't think there's any any weak performances in it at all. Um, no. And one thing we haven't mentioned yet, which just gets me every time, is the theme music. Yeah. Um, Michael Kamen, he's sadly no mm-hmm. longer with us. I think he does an incredible job on the score. Um, Sucker, you mentioned before that they, they don't they use it sparingly. They're not using it on everything, but you know that opening sequence, you know, gets me every time. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Lena, what what are your thoughts on that? Uh, yes, the music is fantastic, and throughout the entire series, I I've gotten to the point where I can't listen to the theme song pretty much anymore. I just fast forward through it because I already know how <laughs> emotional that episode's going to be. Uh-huh. That I really don't need the music to help me along the way. Yeah. So yeah. And what about you, Saki? I'm not really a music fan. That's what what I commented earlier on. Right. It's when there was a lack of music because I was just uh, I'm not really a music fan, so I'm going to have to let you carry on with that. (laughs) I think when we chatted before, you were saying that you were quite surprised just how long the opening credits were. Oh yes, that that is a bit surprised because, as says, I have to having to watch this in a short period of time. Mm -hmm. uh, I could skip the first. The, each first three, two and a half minutes was just credits. Mm-hmm. It was just the music and the credits listing each actor that's going to be in the show. Yeah. Two and a half minutes. I don't think you'll find many shows these days that will mm-hmm. have a two and a half credit sequence at the beginning of a show. Uh, you, you know, most, most shows, I mean, Lost. Lost is a prime example where it mm-hmm. just has, I think, a two, three second credit sequence. Yeah. Right? Whereas... This was like two and a half minutes. Mm-hmm. Two and a half minutes is just people's names and uh, pictures going across the screen. <laughs> right, and it was a bit... Uh, so I, you're I, obviously moved by that. Oh, <laughs> I was really moved. Yeah, I, I can tell. Such I that I've moved it forward two and a half minutes. <laughs> so, I mean, we talked about a, a few of the episodes. Um, the, the standouts for me really were um, you've got the whole thing in Bastogne. Mm-hmm. when they are caught in this forest it's the height of winter they're cut off from their supply train they have got advancing german troops and it's looking pretty hopeless and uh it just makes for incredible tv you know you've got that camaraderie between the guys the cinematography is stunning um and in that I think it's in that episode you've got the whole thing with Eugene, uh, who's the yes. medic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you've got sort of two sides of the, the story. You've got the whole thing of him. You know, these guys were so heroic. You know, they risked their lives to save people who were shot in the middle of a war zone, you know, risking being shot themselves. Uh, and then you get to see him go back to um, the town and there's this kind of, relationship between him and one of the nurses back at the, the makeshift hospital and i think it's a really great episode i think um it's is one of the standouts in my in my uh, viewing of it that episode right 
was it was a great, a great episode, mm. right? And that was actually shot on a studio set. Yeah. Right? Did you know that? Studio set. From mm-hmm. my, all of that was trees that they built inside a studio. Yeah. Right? So they could uh, get it all as they, as they wanted it. Mm-hmm. Right? And the character, Doc Rowe, right? mm. again, a bit of research, uh, he's hardly mentioned in Stephen Ambrose's book. No. This is, this is they've gone and not created a character, uh, they've gone and taken their, their doc, the, the, their medic, yeah, right, and created a character for him, right, mm-hmm. to be able to uh, make a whole story around him, mm-hmm. right, and he was really good. I think the the way it's structured through the, you've got the various episodes as you go along, um, I think it's quite cleverly written because you, you kind of, you feel like you get to know them in the early training part of it, and then you get this really intense period where they're, you know, that you got D Day, and then you got the whole Bastone thing, and it starts to feel like they're turning a corner, and you feel like, you know, you're kind of getting to a point where it's going to start to let up, and then you get thrown a real curveball, and you get to the episode that's called Why We Fight. Which is the the one where they discover the um, camp in the middle of the forest, which is just really oh, shocking. Yeah, that was. Uh, I mean, to get actors to be able to look like that, right? Yeah, and, how did they yeah. do that? Oh, dear me, um, the the makeup on that episode, mm. they got them just a skin bone. Uh, it was just horrible to yeah. look. Horrible to look at, and then they, they got the uh, probably the dummies that are on the are lying on the side, the dead bodies that are lying on the side. Mm-hmm. Right, uh, you could tell um, that episode must have been horrible to shoot as well. Like, yeah, I can imagine. I can imagine. Lena, uh, yeah, it's uh, definitely one of my um, one of my favorite episodes. You just it's just so hard to describe that episode. Mm. Um, they really get to see um, it's one of the one of the first times you really get to see them all in shock about something that's not necessarily guns going off at them it's seeing yeah. why exactly what the episode is called is why they fight it's you're seeing exactly why they went out there and what they're there to you know help help with so mm. it's, it's a very tough episode to watch yes and particularly when you see yeah you know, they they get over the initial shock of finding these guys in this awful state and then they turn up with a wagon load of food only then for the then chief medical officer to turn around and say, well, if you mm-hmm. keep feeding these people, they're going to die because their stomachs yeah. won't be able to take it. And it's just, how do you tell someone who looks like a skeleton on legs that they can't have food? It's yeah. horrendous. It's really... And you've got the whole thing going on as well with the... Um, they take the villagers, don't they? The sort of German villagers who live nearby mm-hmm. and get them to go and um, effectively Table. clean up. Uh, clean up the bodies. And, yeah. And they, yeah. They, they turn around and say, oh, we don't know who's there. We mm. don't know what's happening. And I mm-hmm. just, oh, dear me, it was terrible. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm not afraid to say it just, uh, I just, it knocks me for six every time, you know. Mm. First, particularly the first time I watched it, I was in absolute pieces. Yeah. Really. It, it's, it just shows how effective of, a really well-written piece of drama can be. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's um, it's quite an emotional roller coaster watching the series, and you kind of get to the the final. I think 
think it's called Points, the final episode. Mm. Correct. And you kind of feel like, oh, I really don't want it to end. But you know it's it's got to come to an end. And it's kind of... It's almost like they're freewheeling towards the the finish line. The, the pace really drops off. Oh, it does, yeah. yes. Yeah. And you've got um, Winters going for his swims in this beautiful lake. And uh, it's, all, it's all quite sort of picturesque. And they kind of offset that a little bit with trying to race to get to... Um, Hitler's mountain lair mm-hmm. um, and it's I suppose it gives a, a slightly different feel to the to the end of the program how did you guys feel that that final episode went is it what you were expecting or was it uh, um, a good way to end the show or would you have rather it, it ended a, a different way or it was a quiet ending yeah mm-hmm. it, you know like it wasn't much guns uh, shooting whatever mm-hmm. right it just sort of slowly sort of as you said tapered off right and it just quite ending for all the characters right i mean there was a couple of uh, sucker punches where uh, one of the uh, the act, one of the characters right was given the points they all uh, yeah the rigged the vote gave him the points mm-hmm. and so he's allowed to go home and then he finds uh, the uh, telegram comes a bit later on saying that he was actually injured Right, yeah. in uh, trying to get home, like, mm-hmm. right. Uh, so he he ends up staying. Again, a bit of research afterwards. He ends up staying mm. longer than everybody else did. Really? Uh, yeah. That's kind he of was, ironic. Yeah, he was. Uh, and I just remember now, you got that crazy drunk guy. Oh yeah. Who, oh yes. Yeah. Oh god, that's just. So I mean, a replacement. He goes just tries to get himself absolutely blooded. Yeah. Right, and then goes. Uh, uh, Kills two or three people, mm-hmm. right? And then this is where you see spears, right? Yeah. Actually, show um, what it, uh, in front of the soldiers what he can do, like, and mm-hmm. but he knocks the. Uh, I mean, if you was to do that now, right? That that character, mm-hmm. that that uh, the person who did the killing would have been sc- let off scot free because he's just been tortured and beaten up in prison, mm-hmm. right? But this is the sort of justice that could meet <laughs> in them sort of days. And Lena. Um, I think the first few times I watched it, I wasn't, I didn't very, I didn't like the ending at first. Um, mm-hmm. Cause you, I don't know what exactly I was expecting. Yeah, I think a little bit more like guns blazing, kind of going out. But yeah. you, you know, it just kind of every, you just kind of see um, how the whole entire company starting to go their separate ways. Some mm-hmm. people decide to stay on longer and go to Japan, and some people go home because they have enough points or. They get assigned different things, like you're gonna go back to the states to, you know, give us some more bonds and do all that that touring. Mm-hmm. So the first few times I watched it, I really was kind of a little disappointed. But the more I watch it, the more I understand. Like, yeah, it's well, kind of there's no I other expecting? way it really is gonna pan yeah, out, isn't it? Exactly. Really? Just... Yeah. Exactly. Hmm. Then we're and... gonna be able to do a a blackout of girls four for they all go out in a blaze of glory. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. uh, I think they they use the the baseball game. Uh, yeah. I think that's quite a nice touch, um, visual touch. And then you, you see them, you get the sort of the voiceover and they talk about each character and what happened to them. And I think that's a, quite a nice way to round it out. Um, I just, I think it's one of the best American shows ever. Uh, I can't think of anything off the top of my head that really hit me in quite the same way and there's been some great drama 
on British and US TV. But I think this, I don't know, it just had the, the perfect mix. You had great performances, a really cracking script, beautiful cinematography, and the fact that in how a degree you want to look at it, it was based on a, a true story. It, it, it is, um, as, as you said, great, uh, brilliant in everything that he actually did. Right, and I can understand why it got. It's one of the top shows mm-hmm. in America, right? Um, I think he had the highest DVD or Blu-ray sales for any show in America, yeah, right? So because it hit, it hit a uh, the American audience really where it, they wanted it to hit, mm-hmm. right? And so people were willing to watch it each week. Because I don't know if you know, again a bit of research, right? But that the first episode was shown three days before nine eleven, right? All right. And so it was heavily promoted up until then, mm-hmm. and then nine eleven happened three days later, right? And um, the promotion all died. But the second, or I should say, the third episode, right? Right. It still maintained a lot of audience. Yeah. Right? So even though America was sort of numb about what had happened, mm-hmm. they were still willing to watch. A quality drama like this. Mm-hmm. Lena, is there anything, certainly US drama-wise, you feel comes close to this, or even tops I, it? I really don't. I really don't think anything is on the same level that this production is on. It's definitely one of the best things we've produced in a long time. Mm. Yeah, I'd, I'd have to agree. Um, I don't know if there's such a demand for it these days maybe it was of its time because it was that little bit closer to the war maybe mm-hmm. we'll get another world war ii series that, that comes close to it but i think this for the meantime is is the daddy of them all mm-hmm. definitely the daddy of them all so <laughs> just you know like uh, going on about we you know the bbc funded it i know yeah. they they put Part a of lot it. of money in didn't they yeah yeah mm-hmm. the, oh, it's just again i think at the time wasn't it a record amount it was the that they... highest it was the highest produced um, show at, at that time in 2001. It was a uh, 125 million, so it was about 12.5 per episode. Mm-hmm. So very high, yeah. Yeah, it's a lot of money for for British TV. <laughs> yes, a lot, a lot of money. <laughs> so if there's anyone out there who hasn't seen it, what the hell are you doing listening to this? Turn your iPod <laughs> off, get the Blu-ray, get the DVD, and enjoy. You won't regret it. No. What else have you guys been enjoying recently that you would like to recommend to our listeners? We'll go with Sucky first. Oh dear. Um, <laughs> I've been. What have I been watching recently? Uh, Being Human. I've just caught up on the last few episodes of that. Mm-hmm. Right. So I've got one episode to finish. Okay. Right? It's been. It's been okay. I can see why they've decided to Wendy. Haven't they changed the cast quite a bit from the when it started originally? Yes. Uh, the, I mean, it's a diff, completely different cast right. from where it started. Right? And do you think that's Five the reason years. why they're ending it? Uh, I, I can't see how far they can go hmm. right, with the same sort of characters and the same sort of storylines each. Hmm. I mean, I, I know it's only like six episodes a series, but it, it just seems to get a bit repetitive. Yeah, I suppose as it gets to the point where you're starting to repeat stories that have been on before and it gets a bit pointless, really. Yeah, and then if another character leaves... 
they've got to replace him with the same sort of character. So if the werewolf left, they've got to yeah. get a werewolf character in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Gal- I suppose it's got to get a female so uh, I, c- I can see why they decided to knock it on the head. Yeah, anything um, else? American show still carrying on. So what else have you been watching? Oh, there's loads of stuff I've been watching. Um, Lost, uh, Lost Girl, I've just finished watching the whole of that now. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm up to date on that. And um, th- there's other shows. I mean, I'll Lena, carry on while I'll, I'll do have a look up. <laughs> watch you. Go on, Lena, you're in the hot seat. All right. Um, we just got Luther season three over here, so we mm. are powering through that, which is it's very good. Of so you're course. liking a bit of Idris Elba then? Ah, love that guy oh, <laughs> so much. He's very um, cool. He is very indeed. Um, we're also just starting Supernatural. Okay. Which there's tons to catch up on for that. Mm. Um, and uh, I individually have been watching Twin Peaks, which is ah, insane. old school, an insane show. It's yeah, mental. So that, it is it just when I think I have my finger on what they're trying to do, they <laughs> just change it all up. So yeah, good luck with that. <laughs> that's exactly what everyone tells me. Oh, you're watching Twin Peaks? Good luck figuring out what's happening there. It's, it still um, doesn't mean it's not enjoyable. It's a no, great no, it's, show. It's, once you get over how weird it is and you mm. understand what it is they're doing, uh, it, it's very good, yeah. Sucky, any more for you? Yeah, Team Wolf. I'll just finish watching that okay. one. Right, and that's another great um, young adult show. Mm-hmm. Right, speaking as a man in the forties. <laughs> well, yes, I've I've entered that uh, that decade yes. now, unfortunately. <laughs> right, um, there there ain't much else. I mean, it's the summer season over in America, and mm-hmm. uh, there ain't that much being shown over here. Okay. Right, so the the new show starts. I'm thinking about a week, two weeks, mm-hmm. and I'm uh, looking forward to like Elementary and Sleepy Hollow. Uh, Haven. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of shows about to start up in America. Good mm-hmm. stuff. Well, I've been uh, revisiting one of my favourite blogs, which finished a little while ago, but I've kind of decided to go right the way back to the start again, which is called Adventures with the Wife in Space. <laughs> and it's written by a guy called Neil Perryman. And uh, it features the, the kind of backstory is he's a, a massive Doctor Who fan, which all three of us are. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, he decided he wanted to watch every episode of Doctor Who from the beginning. Now, for those who aren't perhaps quite as big Doctor Who nerds as the three of us, there are blogs like this ten a penny. Now, he decided, who's going to bother to read this blog if I just do the same as everyone else? So his kind of unique selling point was that he forced his poor wife to sit through every single episode and then give her thoughts on it and she's not a Doctor Who fan although I think perhaps by the end she might be a bit more and it's just brilliant reading very funny um, you get the impression that there's a few little jokes dropped in there for the fans as well and it's just really fun reading and uh, yeah you could spend quite a long time reading through because it covers the entire classic series and uh, he even makes it go through all the the um, episodes that don't exist anymore so they end up sitting watching reconstructions with sort of still images and sound which is that's hardcore even i haven't seen all of those so that's that's pretty cool there is a book actually coming out from faber and faber um which i think it's due out in time for the anniversary um which is kind of like not exactly taking the um blog and 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 putting it into a book it's it's more about um their relationship and uh kind of uh, how he introduced 
his wife into the whole world of Doctor Who. And it's kind of the the way I've described it before is a bit like um, the sort of Nick Hornby style approach, um, that kind of storytelling. I think that could be quite interesting. And they've got a, a sequel blog planned, which is going to start in January, which is called Adventures with a Wife and Blake. Yes, which is that. where yes. he's going to make us sit through Blake Seven. <laughs> and uh, if you haven't seen Blake Seven, that is quite a roller coaster ride that you've got in front of you. Um, so the, yeah, that's that's what I've been nerding out on. So until next time, thank you very much, guys. Thank you to Sucky, no and thank you to Lena. No Elvis. Yeah, he, he puts on this really bad Elvis wig and the glasses and everything. And um, <laughs> it's it's weird. He starts blowing up Daleks with um, rock and roll, which is wow. a bit out there. Yeah. Yeah. It's, Doesn't it, sound like the 80s at all. Uh,